You know how to book flights and hotels. All you're missing is a tool to plan the travel experiences you'll have once you arrive. That's why you need Viator. Book guided tours, activities, excursions, and more in one place to make your trip truly unforgettable. Viator has over 300,000 travel experiences to choose from. Everything from simple tours to extreme adventures and all the niche, interesting stuff in between. So you can plan something that everyone you're traveling with will enjoy. Real traveler reviews give the inside scoop from people who've already been on the experiences you're considering. So you can plan with confidence. Free cancellation helps you plan for the unexpected. And 24-7 customer support means you can travel worry-free. Download the Viator app now and use code Viator10 for 10% off your first booking in the app. Find travel experiences for you. Do more with Viator. Save big on Brunch for Mom, all in the Kroger app. Get 16-ounce packs of flavorful Angus 90% Lean Ground Sirloin for $4.99 each with a digital coupon. Then buy two, get two free on 12 packs of delicious Coca-Cola, Pepsi, or 7-Up, all with your card. Shop these deals at your local Kroger, less than five miles away. Or tap the screen now to download the Kroger app to save big today. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Prices and product availability subject to change. Restrictions apply. See site for details. Guys, I just got back from Detroit, Michigan, and I've seen the future of automotive world. Does it have anything to do with electricity? Yes, it has a lot to do with ah. electricity and pickup trucks. Um, on this episode, I want to ask this question, hopefully answer this. Mm-hmm. How about this, Jay and Nathan? Are mm. uh, EV trucks coming sooner than we thought or not? Controversial. Uh, ah. You want me to simply answer that now and end the broadcast? Yes, please answer. Yes. They're coming sooner than we thought? Yes. Okay, well, I want to I want to, I want to expand on okay, that. Okay, we're all done. Bye. Saved you guys a half great, an hour everybody. and change. Have a good week. All right, guys. Thank you for joining uh, TFL Talking Tracks podcast. Actually, uh, there, there's a lot to talk about with yes. that. But I wanted to, before we get started, uh, we have some great shout-outs coming up from Patreon, and I was hoping that we could cover that. Yes. And in this show, we always do news mm-hmm. segments, and mm-hmm. we also do a Q&A. But like you said, we have to thank our supporters uh, Pete uh, Chavez uh, has donated recently on patreon.com slash tflcar. Yep. And also JNL Automotive donated. So thank you guys. Um, a huge, actually, support. Uh, about $15 a month coming from these guys wow. each. So, wow. Thank you. And it sounds small, right? But when you add up all this together, you get the podcast show. You do indeed. In fact, guys, thank you very much. If it weren't for your support, we couldn't do what we are currently doing. And most importantly, that money pays for Andre's fine haircuts. Thank you. Does it? And that's the only thing it pays for. Yeah, because yeah, I don't need that haircut money. <laughs> Maybe it'll buy you a new baseball hat, Nate. Um, so as always, uh, no, thank you very much, guys. I just wanted to introduce us a little bit. If you're not watching this, if you're just listening to it, I'm Andre. I'm Nathan. And I'm Jay. Yeah, our producer, Jay. So um, I want to start with my experience at uh, actually Pontiac, Michigan, at the M1 uh, racetrack there. I was there with Magna, and I was able to uh, tow some heavy trailers with an electric heavy-duty truck. So that's kind of what kicked this off. But we also have much more news to discuss. Yeah, there's a lot coming up, including um, the F-150 Lightning. There's a lot of news about the Lightning. Some stuff you guys not, might not be aware of, including news that has to do with moi. Yes. Yeah, I'm excited. Ooh, really? 
and also supercharged V8 goodness. Yeah, that's going to be coming up near the end, but we're also going to talk about Rivian and Lordstown and the nosedive they've recently taken. Yes. So let's start with uh, my experience at the Magna Tech Days. So Magna is a tier one supplier. And uh, they invited me and several other journalists. You need, I think you need to be even more specific with our audience. Tier one. Sorry, uh, let me explain. So it's a major tier one. Think of it as like really, really, uh, you know, major components for automotive. For so every vehicle, car or truck or SUV you see on the road right now, mm-hmm. uh, may have a component from Magna and some of the other suppliers like Bosch and there is. Um, ZF, you know, several others. Yeah. Uh, Magna builds big components like transfer cases for Jeeps. Right. uh, Trucks like Mm -hmm. Chevy Silverado. They build now battery enclosures for electric pickup trucks. Uh, They build actually whole vehicles like the G-Wagon and Unimog in Europe. Now, from what I understand, Magna is a worldwide company that they're based in Canada, but they have a huge German presence, or I should say European presence. But they also are supplying parts to other countries that don't sell vehicles here. So even, you know, China, Vietnam, you name it, Magna's there, and they have a massive presence and a huge footprint. But Andre actually had a chance to sample something very special from them. Yeah, it's, they call it the Intelligence Force Electrified Heavy Duty Truck. So if you've been watching TFL for a while, uh, I actually went to Upper Peninsula in Michigan uh, and drove this prototype, and it's basically started life as a GMC Sierra 2500 Heavy Duty pickup. Mm-hmm. And then it received, they plopped out the V8, okay. the gas V8 was gone, yeah. and they replaced the rear axle with what they call E-Beam. E-Beam as an electric motor, um, basically uh, assembly inside the axle. Okay. And front has an electric motor as well. Yeah. So it's all-wheel drive. So it's an E-beam front and rear? No. So uh-huh. E-beam, it's, think of it as a solid axle in the rear, uh-huh. and just a little electric motor, smaller electric motor in the front, still independent suspension in the front. Ah, gotcha. So, and what they're trying to showcase is that you don't need to redesign an entire truck in order to electrify it, because the axle can be replaced, mm-hmm. attached to the suspension, boom. And the front engine can be removed, and in its place could be an electric motor. So I'm guessing, similar to what Jeep did with, uh, if you remember, the Magneto, by yanking out a majority of those components, then they can put in batteries and sort of offset the weight, because let's face it, batteries are extremely heavy, in order to make the vehicle somewhat drivable still, right? So this vehicle, I'm guessing, was covered with batteries. Uh, actually, it's a demo vehicle and in the frame. Mm-hmm. So the bed is empty. The bed looks normal, okay. like, it, like okay. it would look normally. Uh, but they hid, um, hid. <laughs> they mounted the batteries within the frame in the middle where the gas tank used to be mm-hmm. and where some of the drive shafts used to be. Okay. Because no longer, drive shafts are not needed. Completely unneeded. So what about under the hood? Is there extra, I mean, yeah, there's is there a, char- a trunk of some sort? No, there's not a frunk. Um, there's a couple of radiators. They mm-hmm. have uh, air conditioning system still in mm-hmm. is, okay. is in this vehicle, electric one. Um, and they also have a charger, basically. So it's not a frunk. It's, it's kind of t- um, just a showcase of technologies. And then they said, Andre, here's a 10,000-pound trailer. Take it around this uh, road course. And how did that go? <laughs> Um, so that's where this question came up, right? Ah, okay. So, um, and I want to get your opinion, Jay, of yeah. course, and Nathan. Mm-hmm. So, heavy duty trucks are no, well, they're working vehicles. Yes, they. You know, a half ton truck like an F one hundred and fifty could be 
could be a leisure vehicle, could be a weekend vehicle, right? Mm -hmm. Could be a daily driver. But heavy-duty trucks primarily are working trucks. Uh, what the system can do is it still tows the same as a gasoline truck, about 14,500 pounds. Oh. It still has a similar payload. Um, but, and here's a, the kicker, the battery they put in this demo vehicle is relatively small, mm -hmm. about 80 kilowatt hours. Mm. Uh, less than the Lightning, in fact, even the smallest yeah. battery in the Lightning. And uh, although my towing experience was limited to a racetrack, because this is not technically a street legal truck, mm -hmm. this prototype, um, I noticed, so obviously acceleration was good, okay. with 10,000 pounds. Uh, deceleration was okay. Uh, they talked about regen braking um, and also braking on the downhills. I, I didn't experience any downhills during this. But just there's there's almost no range. Right. I know it's a demo vehicle, but but and it's and this, and this technology in the heavy duty truck, they're still said it's about two to three years away from production. This is a proof of concept. I'm I'm kind of guessing based on the fact that yeah, that is a very small battery for a vehicle that weighs. I'm guessing seven thousand pounds plus. Yes. And what we're talking about here is really the axle. That's what they were trying to show you, right? That you can throw this in any truck and have the it's ability. It's a bolt-in bolt application, yeah. Right, and then you can tow a, Heavy. an exceedingly high amount of weight and at the same time put it in any any real pickup truck. In reality, if they built a shorter version of it, you could put it in a midsize truck or something along those lines. Um, I, I think that that tech alone is the whole point of this. The range with that tiny battery, I'm guessing, is just like, okay, we want to make sure it gets around the track so you can tow, and we're not really aiming for long-distance range. If we were, it wouldn't be an 80-kilowatt-hour battery. It would be there. something It'd else. something yeah. twice the size or yeah. something like that, right? Or three times. Exactly, and especially because you're in a heavy-duty truck, which can handle that extra weight, right? I mean, that, that, that's the guess. You would, you would hope. You would, yeah. <laughs> you would hope. <laughs> okay, so that's my defense of that whole thing. I, I know where you're going with this. Yes, but what are some of the other challenges with electric towing, uh, Jay? Stability? Well, no, I'm just talking about like kind of day-to-day. -day. I mean, charging. Oh, of course. There's right? The charging, and you're just going to use a lot of juice because towing is tough. So, so, uh, so takes our viewers, energy. our mm -hmm. viewers, and I, I agree with this, especially for heavy-duty uh, vehicles like this, mm -hmm. um, there are no, almost no pull-through chargers. You yeah. know, when you come up to a diesel station or a gasoline station, you can pull through with a trailer. You can fill up relatively quickly. Right. Um, a lot of chargers, even, you know, the high, you know, really level three high speed um, uh, chargers, you have to either pull in the nose first or back into. What do you do with the trailer? You're absolutely right. That is one of the many issues that are out there with chargers. There's some very interesting possible solutions for that, though, that recently came up. One of which is smaller, somewhat portable charging stations that will allow for pull-through. Now, they're actually perfecting this in Africa, and they're running, they're, they're running basically level two right now, but they're hoping to bump up a little bit because they want to get the continent off oil and for, for many reasons. Yeah. Um, and these could easily work their way into our market. And the cool thing about this is that essentially they're similar to like a gas pump in terms of their overall design. So if you think about it, perhaps something like this could go into rest areas and various gas stations so you can pull through. I, I'm not saying they're going to do it. I'm saying that this is a possible solution out of many other possible solutions. I also am saying that 
even if with the pull through, even at level three, it's still two to three times easily as long, if not four times as long, to fill up your battery as it is the equivalent tank of diesel. Yeah, and it could be longer. It yeah, could be, it, it, it could be an in hour. In theory, yeah, yeah. yeah. So, so I, this is why you know everybody is really excited. I'm also excited about the F-150 Lightning, mm. Mm. Um, and but. There's still a lot of challenges, including the network, like the charging network we just spoke of. Right. Um, and actually going, you know, hauling trailers, hauling payloads, everything that's taxing. Although these trucks are quick, fast, and, and, and actually great to handle, in fact. Right. And it's a very interesting point that I wanted to make about electric vehicles in general on the positive side, which is for those people who commute, who actually have to drive their truck or car through a city, then suddenly the benefits are even better because regenerative braking, stop-and-go traffic, it all works out for better distance, essentially. Highways are what really kill battery electric vehicles, uh, and it's something that's going to take a long time for them to figure out, and also battery weight. All of this is being addressed. It's going to take time, but it is happening. I would love to see in the near future a truck like this with the equivalent of a 300-kilowatt-hour battery so it could go, you know, 800 miles or tows, let's say 10,000 pounds, up to 150 miles without a problem. That, I think, can happen in the next couple of years without a problem. You know, no issue. I think it can really happen. But is it sooner than we thought? Yes, that's what yeah, I'm saying. That's my I don't point. think so. No, I, but, but you're wrong, Andre. As much as you're the truck expert and, and people worship you, you, there's actually a picture who, of Andre. Who worships of, me? Uh, well, Mr. Truck does. There's oh, a picture of oh, you yes. with incense like next to it <laughs> and, and a little picture of a truck underneath you. Okay. Yeah, you're Mr. Right. Truck Jr. So anyway, um, but you know, the fact is, is that there's, there, this is still new tech. And I'm not trying to throw it into people's faces because diesel trucks are far superior for this right now. Mm-hmm. But for lighter loads, both hauling and towing, I think that electric vehicles are getting closer every day. And something else happened. Can I, can I quickly mention this? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Totally off topic, but on topic. Okay. A friend of mine decided to experiment with a 1,000-watt, uh, basically a 1-kilowatt-hour uh, battery cube that he charged using solar panels. Like and, at their house or something? Well, it's, it's, it's a portable one. Okay, yeah, yeah. And he has a Chevy Bolt EV, right? Okay. okay. So he decided to empty about half the juice out of the car, charged this thing up, plugged it into his car, which he was able to do, and he was able to get an extra, I think he got four miles out of it. Now, I know that sounds trivial, four miles. What's the big deal? If you're off-grid and you lose your power, and you have one of these things, you can actually, he has to charge the, the battery separately, then he can charge the car. Sure, he, sure, can, sure. he can't just it's like the It's panels. like bringing a gas can with you. Basically, kind it of, is. Yeah. But he gets that, and he's like, you know, as he, what he decided to do is, first of all, he plugged it in, got about four miles out of his car, extra, right? Which could get you out of trouble. Yeah. And it's a, not easy to push an electric car. And he also decided, just for the hell of it, he strapped the uh, solar panels to the roof of his car. I wish I had a picture of this. As he was driving, he was charging up his cube, and he got about half the charge that he needed out of the cube to maybe put in another mile into the car by the time he did his very slow four miles. The point is, is that this tech, if it just could move a little bit further along, mm-hmm. could be a really great way to stay off the grid, to power your vehicle, not have to worry about getting a portable generator or whatever else if you have a problem on the road. Imagine this for a truck. Imagine a larger system like this for a truck. The potential is there. I say, I say, TFL invests in flexible 
solar panels, and we strap them to everything we own that's electric. That's it. We're going to tell Roman this as soon as we're done with the podcast. Including we ourselves. Well, yeah. we'll I, wearing, I nominate, we should be wearing these on our back. I nominate Jay to go and talk to Roman about this, and we will not take credit for it, and have Jay convince him. Congratulations. Welcome oh, to TFL. thank you. It's all on you. Okay, sorry. <laughs> so, I, good luck to me. But you see, but you see yeah, my yeah, point here is that the tech is coming, yeah. and, and this type of cool stuff is potentially out there. Yeah. Uh, Jay, where, where do you kind of stand on this? I mean, um, mm. Nathan, you're, you're saying, I mean, the world is ready for an electrified pickup. Yes, I I'm think it's ready for not the, the starting. Right. Okay. What about you, Jay? I don't think we have an answer just yet, just because the number of EV buyers out there, how what are they, like 1%, maybe 2% of all new vehicle buyers right now? Actually, they've gone up extraordinarily. Uh, what was just um, 2% was a couple years ago. Yeah, what is it now? They're thinking it's between 5 and 6% by the end of 2022. If you think about that, okay. that's extraordinary growth. Right. That's that, You're right. That's really fast growth. I think that as mainstream automakers, I'm not talking like Rivian or whoever's these smaller guys, OEMs, GM, Ford, as they keep launching more and more, and keyword affordable EVs, mm -hmm. you're gonna see the whole industry, the infrastructure cash up really fast because there's gonna be that demand. People are, the EVs are gonna be more and more accessible than ever. You don't have to spend up to upwards of what, six figures for one of these now, they're they're no longer going to be of you know the elitist. Well, very good point, and that actually brings us to our next point in this, which is the Ford Lightning Pro. Very good segue, Jay, because I do what I can. That is going to be one of the well, at least it's starting truck. Well, it's this is not the Pro. No, it's uh, the we're picture. Show, we're showing a picture of yeah. The Lightning. For those of you who are listening, we're showing a picture of the yeah. regular Lightning. The Lightning Pro is essentially the entry-level model. It's sort of the working person's version of it, but most importantly, it starts at $40,000. Now, it comes standard with all-wheel drive or four-wheel drive, four-wheel independent suspension, room for five, a full pickup bed, all of this stuff, plus the capability of an F-150, and that's 40 grand. Now, if they can maintain that, I know dealers are going to screw with those prices big time. I'm hoping Ford will find a way to put the kibosh on that. But the point is, that's extraordinary. Ford did the same damn thing when they brought out the Maverick. The Maverick was extraordinary. 20 grand, and you got yourself a hybrid cheaper than any other hybrid out there, yet it was still a pickup. This is just like the beefier version of that to a certain degree for the common you know, person who just needs it decent truck for short distance and that is of course where, where you're going to go with this yeah and well two comments so first of all i love the maverick hybrid right yeah love it uh, i was just talking to our friend dan atkinson right yeah he, uh, unfortunately they had an accident somebody oh. hit their vehicle okay. which was actually a chrysler pacifica okay. uh, e-hybrid um, which they had and now they're looking for a new car because nobody was hurt mm -hmm. uh, but they're looking for a new vehicle i said dan you might like a Ma Maverick hybrid. He's a Ford fan anyway. Yes. And he said, Andre, I cannot find one. If I did find one, they're marked up yeah. and they're not that's around. Right. I mean, they're sold out for like a year. Yeah. Almost. Yeah. Yep. It's, so it's, that's so now Ford is not even taking orders for the 23 Maverick until sometime this summer. Well, there's a disclaimer that you have to click on the screen when you actually go to look at them on the, on the build component of the site, it, which basically says, so, yeah. So, yeah, I mean, in theory, it's amazing. 
the uptake on the Maverick has been amazing too. Mm-hmm. I mean, they sold 9,600 of them last month in April. Which is extraordinary so, for so, a brand Yeah, so that's yeah. amazing. Uh, I'm afraid the similar thing might happen to the Pro, right? I, I it's affordable. Right. Yes. Um, and it will be hard to get. Mm-hmm. I mean, if you did order one a year ago, like most uh, initial Lightning uh, orders did, mm-hmm. uh, you might be able to get one, right? But if you're ordering one now, it's going to take a year or more maybe to get it. Um, and also, I cannot believe that price. I know it exists. Yep. Right. Tommy and Roman were having this exact same debate in our previous podcast yes. about the price of the, you know, the 40 grand. The f- yeah. You know, just to put it in a greater perspective, how is everyone. It, how, like, how do, I know Ford said they make money on every vehicle, right? Mm-hmm. But we don't but, know how they're going to make money on this one. Oh, it, well, by building a lot of them. That's all. Ford, Ford works that's what by good build, at. Yeah, they, they build in mass, and that's the whole point. There's, there are a couple of things. First of all, I, I will be going to this event, by the way, which is coming up very soon. By the time you hear this podcast, I think um, it'll be just a day or two before I actually leave for the pro event. The difference here is that it will be... Pro, focused on the truck and people who have been using the truck for a while so we can get a report on how real-world driving impressions are with this vehicle over time. That's what I really want to know because yes. this could answer my question of this episode. And yes. we'll talk about it in future episodes Indeed well. we will, yeah. Um, I, I think, so first of all, I love the idea of the Lightning Pro. Mm-hmm. Uh, makes sense. It's affordable. Somehow Ford found a way using their economies of scale and exactly. reusing the cab, reusing the bed, reusing some other components. Yeah, a lot of components, like part, actually. Part of the frame is the same. A lot of interior components, yeah. too, yeah. Um, steering wheels, et cetera, et cetera, yeah, yeah. et cetera. Seats. Uh, they found a way to do it. They also found a way to uh, offer us you know, different trim levels of this truck, mm-hmm. going all the way up to $93,000, which is pretty insane. But, of course, you get a lot more for that fully loaded platinum. Uh, but still, I'm coming back to this problem where... It is the energy density. Mm-hmm. So the battery, even though you get 100 kilowatt hours in the basic pro, you get 131 kilowatt hours in the extended range uh, lightning, uh, even though you, you get those bigger battery sizes. By the way, I saw the enclosures, the battery enclosures. That was pretty interesting. Yeah, I'll tell you that in yeah. a second. Um, if you talk about diesel or gas, uh, a gallon of gas is equivalent to about 33 kilowatt hours. Mm-hmm. So this truck has like between three gallons to four gallon-ish of energy equivalent. Mm-hmm. Can you believe that? Yeah. Which is which is cool, cool to think that this truck is actually usable with that amount of energy. But when you tow and haul, I'm afraid you can eat it it's up. not quite enough. You know, it's an interesting thing. Just the other day, I was not too far from your house. So uh, Andre lives in Thornton, Colorado, which is south of Boulder. And uh, I'm in Denver. And I was in between the two places. And I noticed a lot of utility trucks for the city and for the state and whatnot. None of them were towing. They were hauling just a little bit of stuff. And they were going to sites as survey vehicles. They were also going towards the railroad area and all that. So, and I looked at all of them. And it's like, oh, they're not towing. They're hauling a little bit of stuff, maybe a couple hundred pounds, maybe 500 pounds at the most. Mm-hmm. They're hauling a couple guys with helmets. And I'm thinking, now that, if I had a fleet of those, would make a lot of sense mm-hmm. for something like the Lightning. Yes. You know I, what I mean? I agree. And that, I think four degrees, too. Well, they do, because they actually have a whole uh, grid and a, an entire um, 
algorithm based on how people use these vehicles. And so if you buy those for a fleet, they actually have this whole setup for you online that you can use in order to uh, keep an eye on these trucks. Everything from energy consumption to uh, service times, also driver habits. All yeah. that stuff is part of this whole system, which is really cool. But personally speaking, as just a regular dude who commutes every day, uh, and I rarely tow, but when I do, it's a light, well, it was a light trailer. I still think that something like this, the Pro, might be the way to go. I commute, what, uh, at the most 100 miles in a day. The truck could do it. Truck could Easily. do it. Easily. Right? 230 miles in the, in the basic one. Right. Yeah. Yeah, go home, yeah. plug into my level two, by the next day I'm good to go again. And entirely possible that I soon will have solar power in whatever house I end up owning. So that means that could be subsidized. And then suddenly it's not as expensive to charge a vehicle at home. There, there are lots of ways to go about this, which is why I think Ford is not only kicking butt with this truck. I think that other people, such as General Motors mm -hmm. and maybe even Ram, are thinking we really should have been on the ball on this one. And Ram, too. Well, that's why I said and Toyota. Said Ram, yeah. Oh, you said oh, Ram. And, oh, yeah. I did say Ram, but also Toyota and, and General Motors. Yeah, and, and, and yeah, I did, and but also Nissan to a lesser extent too, yes. which but, but whatever. But I think that right now, right now, is the time for these guys to kick into high gear and produce various sizes of electric pickups, mm -hmm. so they can be competitive and hit it now. Hell, forget the Nissan Aria. Put a pickup truck bed in the back of that thing and stretch out the wheelbase and then introduce it. Bring it out. Don't mess around. Yeah. You heard it here first, Aria pickup truck. Well, <laughs> well no. Uh, I have another problem. So, okay. so remember, we had the Rivian truck. Yeah. And yeah. We, we can talk about some of the news items now, too. Oh, yeah, let's uh, hit it. We, yeah. we were able to test a, a Rivian truck, um, a pickup, R1T. Which is it a really was, good we, truck. It was amazing in many ways. Yes. Heck, heck of a fast little pickup. Yeah, it moved. Um, it beat our TRX mm -hmm. in a drag race. It always uh, had really great performance. It has four motors, over 800 horsepower. Yeah. Amazing. Nice ride, uh, Comfortable. Too. Yeah. Yeah. Nice ride. Highway cruising, no problem. We even did an eye gauntlet with it, with a little bit of charging. Mm -hmm. um, and then we towed a small camping trailer right. uh, for long distance to see the range. Except every time in the real world, I know what the marketing team says, but in the real world, charging was always an issue. The speed of charging. Yeah. Um, and I'm nervous. We haven't charged the Lightning yet, right? I mean, I don't think Roman had time at his first event. Maybe you might have a little bit more time. I'm, I'm, that's one of the things I'm really get, hoping yeah. to do. Yeah. So, or at least get a real-world perspective into it. Mm -hmm. And hopefully, our we ordered the Lightning and TFL truck. Right. Hopefully, we'll get it soon, and we'll be able to actually put it through its paces. Yeah, we're, we have a couple plans. We can't talk about them where we're going to do some special things with the Lightning Provided that we get it on time. Yeah, but I want to charge in the real world. You yes. know, actually on right. my way home at Walmart or whatever, at the grocery store. The, the Yeah, the biggest question mark is not just the infrastructure for charging, but also the charging itself. Um, and it's not standardized, and it really should be. One of the things that I don't, uh, politically I'm not getting involved, but I think that because they're putting money into the infrastructure and building up mm -hmm. these chargers and everything else, I think that they should be standardized for how they accept our money and how much power they produce and they have to also provide that real world information for you do you guys realize that when you plug in your vehicle you're actually losing a little bit of that energy simply transferring through a wire because of heat a little bit of heat right. right and it depends on the ambient heat outside and also there's so many things so 
What they need to do, and I know they have the ability, so this, this is not even a question, is they need to have essentially a mathematical number at each one of these things saying, you can get A, B, or C amount of charge from this particular one. And so you know going in how much you're going to get. At least we know right off the bat, instead of charging in and then just like, oh, I hope I get lucky, mm -hmm. which is essentially what's happening right now. Fortunately, I think that they know this, and it's right now the early days. Yeah. So between a proper paywall that everybody can use, hopefully a credit card like you use in a regular gas station instead of calling. And easy. And easy, easy way, yeah. Easy, quick in, quick out, done, plug in. And also more of these things available, more level two, three, and four, whatever. They also have to have, and you're absolutely right, a consistent amount of charge available for every single customer. So it's predictable. Exactly. Right? Because let's say you're not an enthusiast. You, you know, you're not working for TFL Truck, mm -hmm. let's just say. Okay. And and Because uh, most people are not. And no. let's say you're just going about your day. Uh -huh. And last thing you want is to have unpredictable fuel in your vehicle. Right. You know, because you don't know. Can I fill up here? Can I not fill up well, here? Well, and imagine that. Imagine going to a gas station, putting you know diesel or whatever into your vehicle, and it's like, oh, it only gave me four gallons? I need 12. And it trickled. What if it just trickled yes, in? Yes, really, really slow. Yes. And that's where we are right now. And so that infrastructure needs to change, and I know we have the tech to do it. It's a question of commitment, and people need to do that part. I absolutely agree with you on that. It should be okay. no different when you get a char or a charge. Fill up your combustion engine vehicle. Yeah you know exactly what's gonna happen. It should be exactly the same thing with EVs. And I think, I think we'll get there. I'm just saying it may not be maybe this year. I, oh, mean, it'll, I, I, I think it'll take be, months yeah. or years, potentially. There is good news, which mm -hmm. is a lot of people are beginning to understand that charging from home is a huge potential savings, especially if they do it certain ways at certain times and yes. all that. Ford has some great software for that. So do mm -hmm. some other companies. And putting in a charger, a level two charger at home, a lot easier than it used to be. A lot yeah. easier. I actually have one at my house. I, 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 I wired it into the uh, laundry circuit. I, 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 I used to plug. I used to plug with a splitter, so I have a switch and everything else and even a little extra uh, fuse on it. Yeah, mine was a little bit rednecky, a little bit too. No. I, I ran uh, an extension cable mm -hmm. from my laundry room into the garage yeah. using the... You know, the, the exhaust vent of oh, the dryer? Yeah, oh, yeah, of course. Yeah. So, so well, who needs that? Well, I'm, my dryer is now different. I have a two-in-one, my machine, oh. my washer and dryer on the same machine. Oh, see, you're, so, you're like James Bond. You're so cool. Oh, yes. Clever. <laughs> so I, I kind of wired it myself because here's another issue. Uh, my house is a little bit older. It's about 30 years old. Well, uh, not that old. <laughs> old. Uh, my house was built in 1953. <laughs> All right, Nathan wins that one. Um, my fuse box at my house is, is full, mm -hmm. just the way it was built. Right. So adding another fuse box, running extra wires, it could be thousands of dollars. In fact, one of the electrician came by and he quoted me $3,000 to to wire my house for a level two. It's remarkably expensive, yeah. potentially. But I was able to do it on a budget. Uh -huh. uh, I think I spent about, uh, overall, what, $800? So I bought an extension cable, which was about $150. Mm -hmm. I bought a little station, you know, just a yeah. regular level two station, which was like $600. I think it was Juice Box. Juice Box. Juice Box is one yeah. of the, yeah. Yeah. So you can do that. Yeah. I did it even cheaper. I did it for about $300 altogether. How? I got the extension. I got a splitter for my dryer, right? Yes. I got a switch. 
So that so way you shut dry, it off. Yeah. And, and because I, the last thing I want is to bake a fuse with my wife, <laughs> like trying to gas, uh, you know, fuel the car. And yeah. Anyway, so um, and then uh, running out, I got a um, basically a portable level two. And that costs a couple hundred bucks. Okay. And that's it. And I run the extension all the way outside to my daughter's car when I need it. And I've only used it a couple of times. Every, all the other times is 110. I got suckered into the juice box because you can monitor it like on, on the on Yeah, the, see, my, yeah. This, this, mine is just yeah. plug it in. The point being is that there's, there's really affordable solutions here already that you can do Exactly. And, and then there's other ones. My brothers who uh, are in San Francisco and Bay Area, okay, they got a full box unit and they had to have their house wired. Their house is also really old. It's, it's built in the 40s. And their house had to have all new wiring. And yeah, it cost them about three grand. However, yeah. they did get a rebate from the state. And I think that that's another thing that you can get in some cases. Yeah, depending. For, of yeah, course. depending. So there's a lot of potential out there. But I agree with you. The consistency of the charge, that's really what the problem is. Yeah, and Tommy it is. It is. has gone through that. How many times? That poor kid is, <laughs> is 50 years old. And, and he's 20, only like 25. Exactly. Yeah. He's just like, you know, he's going to go gray soon or he'll just turn into his father. But the point <laughs> is, is that he's noticed so many times charging that the, yeah. there's inconsistencies everywhere. The good news is it's getting better. And that there are some companies that are more consistent than others. I am going to call out ChargePoint because they've been a little bit more consistent in my book than some of the other competitors. And they're very easy to pay for at the, at the uh, site, so yeah. to speak. You could, it's really easy. But there's another problem, Nathan. Okay, hit it. <laughs> it's smaller companies actually struggling to produce pickups and gain traction in the marketplace. Who could that be? Uh, I'm speaking of Rivian. Mm -hmm. we, we do have a Rivian truck still as, mm -hmm. a, as our image here in the studio. Right. Uh, recently, bad news. Yeah. I don't even know if we should talk about it. I oh, mean, yeah. their, their, their stock prices, it's all time low. Why? Because big investors and reportedly Ford was everybody know, knew Ford invested in Rivian? Yeah. But recently, the, the the rumor, the information we have is that Ford is selling off a large section of those shares. Mm -hmm. And the price is what, like near twenty dollars a share for Rivian, where it was one hundred seventy nine dollars. <laughs> it, yeah, it has they're dropped. In, they're in trouble. It's dropped dropped significantly over a few months. Not as much as some other automakers out there. Lordstown? Yeah, <laughs> that's where yeah, I was going to uh, go. Ford is, no, no, Ford is selling eight million shares. That's the information we have. Sold yeah. Yeah. Ford is selling eight million shares, and it's part of that big drop in price. So why is Ford selling? We don't know exactly. I, I mean, I, there, it, there's many possibilities yes. out there. Technically, they're competitors. That, that, that's part of Technically, it. Technically, Ford and Rivian are competing in, at some level, at certain level. Right. Yes. Right. So let's talk about Lordstown. Okay, because, Lordstown is uh, another company. Lordstown that, is where to begin. Uh, Lordstown, uh, well, so um, basically a company based in Lordstown. Lordstown, Ohio. <laughs> Ohio, yes. What do they used to build in Lordstown, Ohio? Quick. Chevy Cruze. You got it. Oh, I did good. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, that was actually a half-decent car. I kind of liked it. But anyway, that's a whole different thing. So um, they basically kind of <coughs> took over this factory. They have a very unique uh, concept for a pickup truck. It's got in-hub motors. Right. You should clear. By, if you guys could see the photo, uh, photo, you can clearly see the motors. 
But if not, yeah, they're in the hub. So nobody else is doing it right now. Everybody's putting the motors, like we said, magna in the axle, in the differential. Well, well, actually, correction, a lot of people are doing that, but with smaller vehicles, like uh, motorcycles, scooters. Much smaller vehicles. Yeah, yeah. They but have nothing like it, a truck yeah. of this size and weight and capability, which is impressive. But. Nice concept, right? Right. But they have yet to deliver a single truck. I mean, they've been talking to us for how many years? I mean, two, three. F- I'd say close plus, to four years plus, at this point. Yeah, three since plus they, years. the change. Uh, they've had a lot of uh, problems with uh, certain executives. They've had uh, certain issues about uh, supply. They've had certain issues about numbers. And the bottom line: not delivering a customer truck yet. Um, and also, we haven't driven one. Like yeah. I, I saw it at the show. At, yeah. I saw it at the work truck show in Indianapolis. Right. I cl- and that was still a pre-production one. The interior wasn't completely finished. There were some concept pieces in the, on side in the, in the interior. Uh, a lot of it was finished. It appeared to be finished, but some pieces, like I said, were not. And we're still waiting. And their prices at their all-time low. As well, mm-hmm. yeah. There's their stock numbers. The last time we checked, were at the lowest ever, which was under a buck fifty, I think, a share, or the dollar fifty four, or something so, like that. Or yeah. it was bad. Yeah. And you know, it's it's a real shame because we want more competition. Having more competition forces everybody else to up their game. Everybody else, but yes. this company, it's not looking good. So well, then again, if you want to invest at a very low rate, now might be the time. <laughs> for both. Boy, that's a risky, that's a risky move. <laughs> I know, that's I, insider trading. I, I, I love the stock market and I also really hate the stock market. Yeah. Because I, it sounds, sometimes it sounds tantalizing and sometimes I'm like, really, with everything happening in the world, do I want to invest in something <laughs> now? Yeah. And, and the answer is usually no. But, but they're struggling. It's not a good sign for pickups in, as far as electrified pickups is See, I disagree. I, I, I think that the startups have their own issues, and that's based on the fact that they're sort of like, in many cases, they have to inflate numbers or inflate certain images and inflate this, inflate that. And yes, Rivian is delivering and selling some vehicles, which is great, yes. but nowhere near what they were essentially supposed to be doing. And I believe that I have not seen a single official van that they're supposed to be building for um, Amazon. Amazon on the road yet. Which is not a big investor. In right, a huge investor. Huge investor, I think. Yeah. yeah. So uh, those issues, those are not the same issues that are going on with Ford. Ford is now up and running and will be selling an electric pickup. Rivian's selling one. Soon General Motors will be selling one. Soon we'll see Ram well, selling one. General Motors technically has a Hummer, but they haven't sold many. Yeah, that's, well, I don't consider tag, the Hummer I mean, part of this whole thing. The Hummer is a toy that's built for off-roading. Um, it is not what an average person who needs a pickup truck would buy for a daily driver, right? The Lightning is much closer to that, I think. So, there you go. There. We're also seeing a real difference here between the, the legacy OEMs versus these startups. Mm-hmm. Remember, not so many years ago, Tesla, what it must call it, like production hell for the Model 3. And they, and got, they, through they got through it. it. Yeah. They got through it. But these smaller guys like Lordstown and Rivian thinking, well, we can just fight through it like Tesla did. Well, you got these sleeping giants that are now awake with all electric trucks, starting with a Ford it's Lightning. Like That's Ford a really is, good point. And yeah, Ford it's is like, yeah. and, 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 and what Ford does, you're going to see, you know, uh, Stellantis, GM, they're, you know, they're just going to follow suit in Detroit and eventually Toyota, as always. But, like, they might have missed the, their, their opening. 
And why are we not talking about the Cybertruck? I, I can tell you. Yeah, go ahead. I can tell you. Tell Be- it. Because it doesn't exist. There's we, a factory so, being built for it, but there's still no True, truck. the cyber rodeo. <laughs> the cyber rodeo. So um, <laughs> what we did see, there is evidence that they are working on it. We recently had some images that we got our hands on a few months back of the Cybertruck with mirrors on it. And a big, like, windshield and, wiper. And an actual windshield wiper yes. uh, on a proving track. So they are still working on it. But until they get into something that's going to resemble production, we honestly can't say that this truck exists. As a matter of fact, they the configurator, everything on their website pretty much that covered the Cybertruck was taken down. Yeah, other there's than, just, like, one page. Yeah, there. exactly. And, you know, I'm not trying to single out... Tesla saying you're doing something wrong. Hey, delays happen. But this truck has been delayed half a dozen times. Yes, and so it's, I was rooting for the Cybertruck. I mean, it kind of shocked me when I first saw it, you know, when it was unveiled. And Do you Roman, remember when, when that was, when they first unveiled the prototype? November 23rd-ish, 27-ish. But what year? 2019. Yep. And wh- wh- where are we now? Well, we're three years, almost, exactly. well, two and a half Almost soon, soon to be three years after that. And, and the lead up to that, by the way, was almost two years of, of Tesla. Of, te- of the teasing rumors, and right. rumors. Yep. And, and yeah. Elon mentioning so it. It has a shocking design, at least a shocking. Oh, well done. Okay. Shocking design. Yes. And electrifying, yeah. electrifying shape. <laughs> um, but uh, I was kind of rooting for them. I'm like, they've proven, they have a track record. Like they delivered Model 3, they delivered Model, model Y and the Model S and the Model uh, X and everything else. And uh, let's see what happens. And then the further we went, the di- more distant the Cybertruck became. So that's why I'm not talking about it too much. Yeah, um, I really do hope that within a year we see something that's a positive result. Instead of just bringing people by, you know, with a spotlight on Elon Musk. With cowboy hats. Yeah, let's, let's mm-hmm. look at the truck. Show us the truck. Show us what it can do. Prove that your investors, you know, made a smart decision. Because a lot of them are frustrated because they thought by now they'd be driving one. And Tesla has is now is going to very shortly have, could have the same problem as Rivian and specifically Rivian. And that the legacy OEMs are going to beat them to it. It's, they already have. Like, yeah, but once you get GM and Stellantis on board, yeah. your Tesla has the potential to lose out on on people who were going to go for like, an, say, a Lightning instead. You're only they're going to be st- not stuck with, but they're going to be left with the the Tesla fans only. Yeah, and then the and final they can't broaden their buyer base. And the final component of that is that Tesla will have to outperform these guys, and I think they'll have a hard time doing it. Yeah. Yep. Because their, their timing was before. Mm-hmm. I mean, 2021, the original promise right. was their time, and they missed that time. Oh. And now Ford is here. Ford jumped uh, in. Uh, although GM, I mean, we've seen the 2024 Silverado EV, yeah. right? Mm-hmm. Uh, still, it's 2024, technically, model year, which yeah, is coming you, in about a year from now. Right, but you're going to get your hands on it most likely within the next six to eight months. That's my guess. Yeah, maybe because we'll see on another one. We'll see another production, uh, you know, more production-ready version. Right. Uh, and then GMC is going to show us a Sierra EV mm-hmm. sometime this year. Uh, also sometime this concept. Right. Um, and then Ram is promising a 2024 Revolution truck. Right. And the Revolution is going to have a couple different things going on, too. Yeah, but it's still not this year. Maybe at the end of this next year. Well, that's year. okay. I, I get the impatience part. But the <laughs> point is, is that Ford's leading the way. 
The other two are coming on hard and strong. That didn't sound right, but you know what yes. I mean. And and yes, if you want to be technical, Hummer's already out there too. Hummer beat Ford to the punch in terms of production, even though it's just just a ridiculous vehicle in terms of price. And, and they quality. haven't ramped up its uh, production. Yeah, and part of that has to do with the fact that there's a you know material shortage with a lot of components, and that is that's hurting everybody across the board. Yeah. So finally, uh, we, we've talked a lot about electrification. Let's go to a big V8. How about we talk yes. to a giant, monstrous... Yes. There it is. There it is. Oh, so boy. one of the biggest news of this week was actually not electric. Yeah. It was this, the 2023 Cadillac Escalade V. Finally, we have the specs, the numbers, the engine. The price. And the price. So um, I'm a big fan of Vs. One of my favorite vehicles was the CTSV wagon. Ooh, that, with a uh, six-speed manual. Yeah, Roman oh. and I, early on, uh, eight years ago, I think it was, Probably, drove yeah. that did, on some of our earlier videos, maybe even nine years ago. And we absolutely loved that car. It was just a hooning, awesome car that had some logical tidbits on it. Now it grew up. Exactly. Exactly. <laughs> Thank oh, you. did I take your line? No, no, no. It's totally oh, fine. Okay. It, it's grown up. It's right. <laughs> And what they finally have done is they've taken the 6.2, they've thrown a supercharger on it. It's a lot more than that. And they put it inside an Escalade. So now I believe the entire fleet of Cadillac now has a V version. Am I right? And, and it's glorious. Yeah. It is glorious, uh, isn't it? Uh, well, let's talk about that V8 here. Uh, let's, talk, let's dig into this one. Hit it. Uh, so 6.2 liter V8 Hate has been this. there before. We have a picture of the supercharger as well yes. here, if you're watching us on TV. Yeah, How big is that supercharger? It's an intercooled supercharger, by the way. Water-to-air yeah. intercooled 2.65 liter <laughs> just for the supercharger itself. It's a bigger twin than most people's engines. Yeah, it's it, bigger than most uh, small car engines. Yeah, the displacement's massive. It's got a twin-scroll turbo turbocharger to it. Uh, it's really, if you could see this image, it's actually a fantastic image of the supercharger itself. And... I don't know how much it takes to crank that one, but I know that in the TRX case, which has a supercharger nearly that size. Yeah, just a little bit larger just than Just slightly this. larger. It's like over 70 horsepower is required just to turn it. Yeah. I'm assuming that it's similar to the, this would be similar. So the way, if you're not familiar, superchargers work is actually it's taking the power from the crank of the engine itself. Right. Uh, using a belt, and it's turning this... Basically a compressor, right? like Germans would say. Compressor. Compressor. Uh, and compresses the air so you can jam more air into the engine and produce more power with more fuel, mm -hmm. right? Uh, and uh, the power rating on this, are you ready? Hit it. 682 horsepower. Wow. That is impressive. There, but, there's the full but, engine. But, but mention the torque as well. Uh, 653 pound-feet of torque. Damn! A little bit more than the Hellcat motor in that TRX. That is that's a torquey engine. So, so the power and torque, it's all being fed through a 10-speed automatic transmission into GM's fancy all-wheel drive setup. And you told me that it's both wheelbases? Both uh, yeah, you can get a long one in a V2. Oh. Can you imagine that ride rolling <laughs> through Manhattan or something? Just imagine a Chevy Suburban that size. That can accelerate. That According to Cadillac, yeah. in about 4.4 seconds, 0 to 60. That's extraordinary. Which is, should wow. match the TRX acceleration, really. 
I mean, or maybe even better it because this truck weighs around 6,000, maybe a little bit more, this Escalade, mm -hmm. uh, a little bit more than 6,000 pounds. Uh, but so there's more too, right? With the suspension and the engine actually and all that. Yeah. So they updated the top end of the engine. They updated the transmission to handle the power. Right. Uh, you can height adjustable suspension. You have, uh, and then there's the price. Okay. Well, and you have all the luxuries too. Well, I mean, we didn't even talk about the luxurious interior. Jay, do you have an interior picture really fast? I believe I do. Hang on. So ah, there it is. There. Yeah. Everything that they could throw at this vehicle, they've thrown at it. So what you're looking at is a fully loaded luxury sport SUV. I think that's the a best giant one. one too. Yeah, pretty much as big as it gets. Yeah. And the price is one hundred and forty nine thousand nine hundred and ninety dollars. And I think that's kind of an all-in price. I mean, when you order the V, you choose the color of mm -hmm. it, basically, and there's not many options to speak of. Although you can get a longer wheelbase, like we said. Yeah, which is so, even more money, I'm guessing. Um, sure, why not? Yeah. yeah. So basically, 150 grand for this Caddy. That is one of the most expensive Cadillacs. Period. So, so Jay, what would you say this compete against? Because it does not compete uh. against. Any other big three, I would say. No. I mean, the Grand Wagoneer is there, but mm -hmm. now this stepped over it, right? Yeah, On power and everything we're else. We're definitely into Range Rover territory here. BMW X7M. Yep. Uh, how about like a GLS, like an AMG, like a top of the line version of that? Yeah. Ba basically, you're going with all Al the luxury Alpina, foreign brands Alpine. here. Yeah. Maybe maybe German, yeah, and uh, others. Yeah, it's, it's an extraordinary amount of money. But I'm sure Cadillac would just say, listen, this is a, you know, a very short run, because it has to be. GM is moving all electric, and eventually this is going to be a thing in the past. You're not going to be able to get this in a few years. So it's coming on sale this summer mm -hmm. as a 2023 model, so in the summer of 2022. I'm hoping this, though. I'm hoping they'll find another home for this engine. How cool would that be if they had a pickup truck with this engine to fight against the now, TRX? What pickup truck could you be thinking of? Uh, 84XX. Yes. Or triple cool supercharged Sierra Silverado ZR2X. I agree with you 100%. <laughs> and I'm willing to bet there's an awful lot of people out there are like, why is this engine not in those two vehicles? But... That also means the price of those vehicles will go up considerably and they'd be just as expensive yeah. as a TRX. Well, yeah. I mean, <laughs> 84X is already just as expensive. Cadillac can make the business case for this because Americans love SUVs. There's a the Escalade has a huge, huge loyalty and following. Buyers, yes, right? absolutely. Remember, the Escalade is the only Cadillac that's actually not like a combination of letters and numbers. Not only that, but it's also branding. Their, it's their best seller. Uh, the yeah. Escalade has been one of their best selling vehicles for years for a good reason. You know, people like it. Uh, you know, I got to tell you, that hood emblem, not big enough. Hmm. You want bigger? It's got to be bigger. And it should be the round crest. That's what people like. I'm just saying, it's not what I want. It's what the people want. And I want to give the people what they want. By the way, what do you think of the design? I, I especially like this color. I, I'm okay. Yeah. I, the, the front is growing on me. The rear is good. They have unique wheels. Uh, I think it's all good. I, I actually get to drive it in June. Yeah, you do. Nice. Yes. Andre. Yes. So I'll, I'll bring you. you first drive impressions very, very soon. When I grow up, I want to be Andre. Oh, thank you. Um, Jay, do we have a couple of questions from our viewers? Yeah, let's yeah. hear those real quick. Because we are, I think, ending the, the near the end of our show. Absolutely. Let's get to those. 
We don't have any Patreon questions at this moment. No, uh, we do not. At least recently. But you guys ones. are welcome. If you are a Patreon, ask a question. We will answer it directly and directly to you. And we'll prioritize your question, obviously. Right. Now, this is regarding uh, last week's podcast when we talked about the ZR2. Uh, BC Country Guy wants to know, will you be deactivating the cylinder deactivation? <laughs> so, I... Okay, I, I think I know where this question is coming okay. from. So there is a there is a bit of confusion because due to the component chip shortage, some trucks for 2021, 2022 models from GM did not have their dynamic fuel management software because of the, those computer chips were not there. Right, so they still wanted to build, to build a vehicle and get it to the customer's Yeah, hands. so they were able to remove that feature but still create the working vehicle that it is. Right. Mm-hmm. But they had to decrease... Some of the fuel efficiency numbers, obviously, because it wasn't quite as efficient as it was. Right. Um, so it's still not clear which vehicles are built with that or without it. I, I'm for it, especially the latest dynamic fuel management system, because it's, it's kind of does a round robin. It may turn off certain cylinders without you even knowing it. And there is no driver perception. Like, you don't know what's happening. So I would not disable it. I think that's what those are the questions. Will oh. I want to disable it? No. Okay. Um, will I want to disable the start-stop when you come to a complete stop? You know, the engine shuts off? Yeah. In the Zero 2, that system is still a little bit shuttery, you know, where it restarts. Yeah, I, I hate the delay at some of those things. So you know. even after all these years, it's still there's still a little bit not, it's not perfect. Gotcha, gotcha. Okay. So I might want to d- disable that feature, but as far as fuel management itself, I would leave it. If it's there. Especially with gas costing what it does. I mean, why not try to get slightly better mileage? Yeah. What's the next question? Yeah. Now, Charles Warren wants to know, will the ZR2 fit in the garage? He knows his Raptor, F-150 Raptor, obviously, barely fits. Yes. I believe they are, the ZR2 is maybe a couple hairs shorter than the Raptor. Yeah. and And not as wide either. Correct. So the answer is yes. Your ZR2 should fit anywhere that the Raptor will fit. Okay. Now, Big Boy Z, one is oh, he, this is not as much of a question, but I think it's an interesting topic, he, t- specifically to you, Nathan. Mm. Thanks for championing the Nissan Titan. It's a severely underrated truck. Yeah. A few other commenters were mentioning that, too, that you, you gave it some and, loving. Uh, well, it's it, only because it deserves it. Look, I, I'm not a fanboy for any one vehicle. Okay, I admit I love the Power Wagon, but, <laughs> you know, but I also love the trimmer. You know, I mean, it, yeah. there's, I, I just, I like trucks in general. I, anything that's got power and capability and fun, right? And the thing about Nissan is that they've been producing this truck for a while. Yeah, nobody's perfect, but it's a great truck for the money. It's a solid truck for the money, and it doesn't get much love. And I really wish two things. One, I hope that they find a way to update it and keep it in the fleet, which is doubtful. And two, I hope they make it a little bit more affordable. A little bit more affordable, I think people will go, hmm, I wonder if this is the right truck for me. Also, Nissan desperately needs to make that truck more efficient. It, it, it's got to have a hybrid I mean, or something in the future. You know, it's not the, even sold in Canada anymore, I believe. Yeah, mm-hmm. it's completely gone And the diesel's been gone for a little while, yeah, too. Yeah, the XD's gone, too. No, the XD's still in here. In Canada? No, no, I'm talking oh. about here in the States. Yeah, yeah and here, uh, we just had an XD, actually, yeah. so it's still on sale. 
Um, and we only get the gas motor now. In right, the they discontinue the five-liter uh, diesel. Mm-hmm. I, I'm like like you, Nathan. Uh, I think the Titan. They've tried. I mean, they updated the transmission. Right, it's yeah. now a nine-speed. It's a little bit more efficient than it was. Maybe not quite as efficient as it could be. Mm-hmm. Maybe with a different engine. I mean, there's rumors of the um, Armada getting a twin-turbo V6. Right. 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 Exactly. Mm-hmm. So if our, uh, they're related, I mean. They have a, a lot of shared yeah. components. So if their model is maybe getting a smaller turbocharged engine, why not the Titan? That's so. what we have to see. So, and, and it's not, there's so many things that you have to think about. You know, a truck like this really does help employ an awful lot of people. You know, and, um, and also the engine is built here. Exactly. So it's engine, a, it is an all-American the truck. The Endurance V8 is built in the U.S. Right. The truck is built in the U.S. I mean, yes, it employs a lot of people. I've been to those factories, actually. and With you. A lot you of, and I yeah, have been yeah, together. Yeah. And yeah. very passionate uh, people who yeah. work there. And so, I, obviously, I wanted to continue. I think it's a good truck, and I think it is really, really underloved. You know, someone recently asked me if for the same price, if I'd get an SR5 Toyota uh, Tundra, or if I'd get the equivalent Nissan, mm-hmm. I would choose the Nissan. Really? I would. I would choose the Nissan. It has recovery hooks. Ooh, you Sh- heard it here. Burn. That's that's your Toyota that burn Toyota. of the day. <laughs> oh. Now, but I also really do like it. I just I, I find that I'm more comfortable driving. I like the seats. Just it's little things like that. Well, doesn't Nissan have like those NASA inspired uh, zero, yeah, gravity. zero gravity? I think on the higher seats. end trucks, but not on the I, I don't think on their lower end ones. But it doesn't really matter. The point I'm getting at is that I still think it's a viable truck right. for those people who really need a truck, a proper working truck. Yeah, and also, like you said, maybe they should create an extra, extra, like, affordable version of it. I think it would be a like, fantastic Like a stripper idea. model where maybe roll up, roll down windows, crank, crank cranks. Windows. If they can do something. build a $25,000 truck. With which, a V8. With a oh, V8. my God. Doesn't have to have four-wheel drive, but if you could just make it like that, with the absolute stripper version yeah. that gives you... Could you imagine? I mean, people would freak for that, but... They're not going to be able to do that, not and, because they have to make a return on their investment, and they have to actually make some uh, profit. And there's this trend towards like more and more of everything, mm-hmm. you know, bigger this. wheels. <laughs> yeah, there's a trend for hundred fifty thousand dollar SUV. Yeah, but then again, you, up, but, but the end of, uh, other end of the spectrum, you have the Ford Maverick, yes. where you can get that with crank windows, and that's what everyone for twenty grand. Uh, exa- Hybrid. So, and for example, Gladiator can be had with yeah. crank windows. Uh, like yeah, the, yeah, the, the Gladiator, the, the, yes. the very base model. Mm-hmm. So. There's a trend to go, you know, better and more technology, let, let the truck drive itself. But I, I think people are missing this underserved, affordable market. I agree with you. Exactly. And there's an awful lot of people who don't want to pay subscription fees on radios and, and oh, other navigation other, uh, and other things. But the point is, is that having an inexpensive truck for people who really need it is viable and important. Ford sees it. Nobody else apparently sees this problem. I'm, I'm being honest, and I'm not even trying to be a Ford fanboy. I'd love to see Toyota do it, Nissan do it, GM do it, Ram do it. They're not, and they should be. So there it is. There's my rant. Okay. okay. And uh, do we have any other questions? No. There's there's only a couple more about uh, the cylinder deactivation, but you got it. Okay. So the, there you have it. So I would leave the cylinder deactivation alone. There it is. Good. Just leave it alone. And we're going to leave you guys alone. Now we're going <laughs> to let your ears relax. Please enjoy the rest of your week. Thank you guys for joining us. We really appreciate it. Uh, I wanted to throw out a special thank you to Andre because he made sure that I got a chance to go to the Lightning event 
which I will be doing next week, and I am thrilled to do it. I've been dying to drive this truck. Thank you. I haven't even driven the Lightning yet. I know. That's even a double thank you. Uh, I get to do something you are not doing. I'm just looking forward to hearing what you have to say about it, Nick. Yeah, I'm excited. That's coming in at least a week or two. Yeah. So thank you, alttfl.com. Alttfl.com is where you can find this. That's right, guys. Thank you again. Save big on Brunch for Mom, all in the Kroger app. Get 16-ounce packs of flavorful Angus 90% Lean Ground Sirloin for $4.99 each with a digital coupon. Then buy two, get two free on 12 packs of delicious Coca-Cola, Pepsi, or 7-Up, all with your card. Shop these deals at your local Kroger, less than five miles away. Or tap the screen now to download the Kroger app to save big today. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Prices and product availability subject to change. Restrictions apply. See site for details.